0: But says, I know about your back. I i But if we're being completely open here,
1: I do have notoriously tiny
0: You are listening to your Raw Review on the Dirty Sheets podcast. Don't forget, you can now follow the Dirty Sheets on X, or formerly known as Twitter, at Dirty Sheets X. That's at Dirty Sheets X. You can also follow my Twitter account. It's at LockBettingX. That's at LockBettingX. Do not ask me wrestling stuff on the lock betting account. Do not ask betting stuff on the wrestling account. It's all very simple to follow. I will see all of the messages, even though Cav is running the Twitter account to keep me from getting myself banned. I am going to respond and see every single message. And we are getting closer to having an interactive version of the Dirty Sheets on Friday where we are going to go live. Same show. It's just going to have the option for people to interact with what we're saying, the capacity to ask questions. But in order to do that, we still need 3,000 hours of viewership. We are getting much closer to that now. We're just 1,200 hours away. If 1,200 people watch our lists show, our wrestling lists show, it's going to be dropping in the next week. We will be there and the Friday show, the free show will be better. This is going to be your last free Raw review. I'm making it free because we are behind. I'm making a huge effort to catch up with AEW and it's putting my WWE stuff behind. I'm behind with AEW because I was making a huge effort to handicap all of the futures markets for the Premier League, the Bundesliga, Liga and Serie A. That is all now done. The work has been done and you can benefit from that work by going to lockbetting.com and signing up for the service that has delivered 122 months. And this is the important part of tracked and transparent profit. So every spreadsheet is on the site and we have made a a profit every single month for a decade. So go and be a part of the service and make yourself that money. Um, Yeah, so this one's free because it's late. Uh, Usually I would want this show done by Tuesday, but I've just watched it at the gym Wednesday morning, finished the last bit, and quite frankly, the overall takeaway is, what's the point? Now, I don't want to do a Vince Russo-esque podcast where I just bury everything about the show or bury everything that the WWE are doing because I don't think we do that. I think we are fair overall. But to start announcing pay-per-view matches two weeks out tells you that we didn't really need this pay-per-view. There's no interest in any of the matches. It's weak going into NFL season especially. I understand some of these you are trying to blow them off. Raquel and Rhea's been dragging on for a while. Uh, Becky and Trish needs to be finished. I swear I heard they were doing it this week on Raw. I thought it was going to be the main event. We actually discussed that both on... The Raw show and on the show I did with Cabs. So, unless we both were mistaken that it wasn't going to be on next week's Raw, but I'm sure it. I'm sure it was. It's now going to be at Payback, which I thought it would be all along because I thought it was taken on Summerslam because Payback is just weak sauce and it needed stuff. And we've pivoted away from doing a triple threat match with the Judgment Day which would have been torture if we carried on with Rollins and the Judgment Day and we did a triple threat match with Balor and Priest, which was on the original poster. That would have been absolute torture. But instead, we transition into this Nakamura program, which might be exciting for some hardcores. But at the end of the day, Nakamura has a poor win-loss record. Um, he whispered some secret into Rollins's ear last week and it turns out that he's got a bad back. No, it wasn't dick pics or I fucked your wife or anything like that. It was he's got a bad back. This is the level of storytelling that we're doing at the moment on Raw. And all that's going to happen really here is that there'll be a moment in the match where the back is targeted. Rollins will sell that for some of the match. It will give the match something to to, something to work around and ultimately Rollins will win and we'll be back to square one where we'll feel like there's no need for this world title which is definitely secondary in fact me and Cav were arguing on the on the dirty Sheets show as to whether this title has fallen behind in significance compared to the intercontinental title like the intercontinental title is the one that you really want you want to beat Gunther I'm not sure if you, I mean, you obviously want to beat Seth Rollins, but is it a bigger milestone to beat Gunther and stop him when after, or before he gets past Honky Tonk, or after he gets past Honky Tonk? Both are pretty relevant. But how relevant is it to win this world title of Seth, who looks like he's going to be given a lengthy run, whilst your main top babyface, who's more over and better on the mic, Cody Rhodes, is doing absolutely nothing on this show. I cannot fucking sit through another shitty six-man tag or tag team match with a judgment day where they lose and they argue each other. This is a jobber faction. Cav calls them NWO purple, but it's a slap in the face to the NWO. This is a nothing match. This is the end of a house show. These, these Raw episodes are booked like house shows, and I'll try and run through as much as I can, but the overriding thought coming out of it is that I didn't need to watch this. I certainly don't need to be reviewing it. But we have to do it. So we will do it. And we'll try and be as objective as we possibly can. We started the top of the show with that Rollins clip, tried to add a little bit of humor to it. Because otherwise, if we didn't try to be humorous or entertaining on this podcast, and we were just reviewing a show that wasn't entertaining in itself, then this would be even less entertaining than a show that was not entertaining at all. So that makes it totally pointless doing. Um, so so here we are, uh, we're going to review the show but We'll start with Rollins and, and Nakamura But my thoughts on it are very much as is This match would have been interesting, different time, different place But here in the WWE in 2023 When Nakamura's booking has been terrible um, Since round about 2019 onwards So for the last four years I think it was acceptable maybe that he didn't just win the world title straight after debut. I think the loss to Jinder Mahal hurt him in 2017. They tried to rebuild him by winning the Raw Rumble. They dropped the ball by not having him win the belt against AJ Styles through that program, which was for some weird reason centered around a low blow. He's been the Intercontinental Champion since then. Instead, they went down that route. But ultimately, it's been four years of disappointment for Nakamura and For me to suddenly just accept him as the challenger for Rollins whilst also not believing that Rollins is good enough to carry a brand doesn't make me intrigued for this title match at all and I was a little bit intrigued with the the little whisper last week. And it turns out to be what it is about the bad back. All that is is something to focus on in the match. And Rollins ultimately prevails despite having that weakness because he's such a fantastic and brave, heroic babyface.
1: The Viking Raiders did not forget about it, and I talked about the embarrassment they suffered last week after losing back oh! in Riddle and Eric and Ivar, led by Valhalla, laid waste to the New Day.
0: Waste is going to be a word that you hear very often on this show and in future shows covering RAW because so much talent is wasted. We talk about Carrier and Cross over on SmackDown, and we talked about Santos Escobar on the SmackDown show as well, and how he hasn't done anything up until this point until inevitably turns on Ray. But here we're just wasting and wasting and wasting people, whether it be new people coming in like uh, Tommaso Ciampa, or whether it be. Old people like uh, Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle, who were more established under Vince McMahon. Drew McIntyre, former WWE champion. Matt Riddle, a potential main event. obviously had that Randy Orton rub, a former UFC career as well. And now they're doing this. They're in a tag team. They can't win against the New Day. They beat the Viking Raiders last week. And they're going backwards into another match with the Viking Raiders or even another match with the New Day after that potentially setting up for a tag team title match, which they'll probably lose. And then hopefully they'll break up and then hopefully one of these guys can move forward with his career. I think it will be McIntyre because Matt Riddle has wasted a lot of the lives that he had with his behavior, in my opinion, and obviously in this new woke world, that's going to lead to punishment. There's not going to be any forgiveness there. Cancer culture is rife and Matt Riddle now has a very low ceiling in the WWE, in my opinion. McIntyre has a bigger ceiling, but ultimately I think his ceiling could be leading towards turning on Riddle and being a opponent for Seth Rollins who won't beat Seth Rollins. Which is again more waste of Drew McIntyre. McIntyre has a real heel run in him, and I think he can play the Scottish psychopath well, even though he's done that before. But I think he did it before well. But this time he can have more of an edge. He can be really pissed off with the way that WWE have forgotten him, the way they've booked him, the way he carried this company through a pandemic, and how. Nobody wants to talk about a pandemic. Nobody wants to acknowledge COVID and the people that carried the company through COVID. The people who are there every single week, flying the flag. Drew McIntyre was the WWE champion. He had... His biggest moment taken away from him, but still just carried the company. No crying, no bitching, no moaning, even smiled and said stupid things that he shouldn't have said, but down to poor scripting in the way Vince McMahon feels this champion should be presented. Drew McIntyre went along with it, as, uh, as Diesel did back in 1995. And his reward is this. He got shit booking uh, since he lost the title. He did not get his chance to have his moment. He did not win at WrestleMania 37. He did not win at Clash of the Castle. And uh, he's just been booked down the card. He's had a terrible feud with and Cross. He's been involved in a tag team situation with Sheamus. Numerous matches with Sheamus. Lost to Gunther. Lost to Gunther again. And now he's in a tag team. This guy needs wins. This guy needs a positive trajectory for his career I'd be very surprised and as I said before I've not spoken to him him about it perhaps I will in the next couple of weeks especially after what's going on at the moment but he needs a positive trajectory in his career Uh, and this is not the thing that he should be doing unless it's leading to a heel turn for me it's a long winded heel turn as well but you can see at least there's some silver lining there you can see there is some reluctance on McIntyre's part to be in a tag team with Riddle there is a sense of not I wouldn't say entitlement but a feeling that he's above doing it which is good because he is and that should be conveyed in the storyline and ultimately they should sow those seeds to lead towards a much needed heel turn for Drew McIntyre which hopefully is coming hopefully leads to bigger and better things than just being an opponent for Seth Rollins to beat that's my hope anyway at this point
1: I guess the official did not see it because it was, here's the double team now. Oh, Caden Carter! Great move here. And well, the referee did see it because she's waving Uh-oh. off the. Uh, oh my goodness, Caden Carter. Whipped into our announce table, so Piper Niven is legal. The official did see it. She waved off the cover uh, inside the ring moments ago, and here comes the powerhouse, the bulldozer. Oh, Piper Niven! Good night. Cross body, and just like that, the tag champs with the win. WWE tag Team Green
0: and Piper Niven. Yeah, so another stop, start, stop, start, stop, start push for Piper Niven. She now comes in for no reason as the tag team partner for Chelsea Green because, let's be honest, this belt has been vacated more times than Disco Inferno interrupts you during a podcast. So at this point, it means nothing. The team that they beat, Chance and Kerr, another wasted team who were booked as a credible tag team in NXT... They're a good hand to have in a division. They're a genuine tag team, but we're doing this thing at the moment, so we decide to squash them. I'm sure it'll work with Chelsea Green and Drop because it does. Chelsea Green does deserve to be in something that works because she's made everything work, but nobody's ever going to care about the tag titles.
1: Did you really think I would come here of all places alone? Thank <laughs> you.
0: This was a really red hot start to the show. I thought the show started off really, really well with Kevin Owens coming out, with Sammy Zayn coming out first and getting that big response at home, and then Kevin Owens coming out as well. This was a hot start. This shows you how hot wrestling can be and how much the fans want to cheer. But I believe this is a problem that WWE have. I think this is symptomatic of the problem that they have. They think that they run at a steady curve and suddenly you build towards these big peaks. That's how the WWE see it. They see this straight line and they see these big peaks that they book towards. That's how they see it. That's how your hardcore fan would see it. A casual fan or somebody who's an objective observer like me sees it very differently I see the, the the TV product as flatlining. I see it as flatlining and this downward curve. And then suddenly we have something like this, the opening of the show, and then it moves upwards. We have life. We just about come back to life. And then we start dying again and we start flatlining towards our death and just utter boredom, where which is represented representative of us picking up our phones and losing interest in the product, and then something will happen and then we'll come back to life. So I don't think the line goes the way that WWE think it does, which is a straight line of of keeping things at an even curve, which they think is decent television, and then these big these big upward curves. I don't think it looks like that. I think the, the graph would look a lot more like this product or these TV shows are flatlining and people are losing interest, and then suddenly we come back to life, and incidents like this or the opening of the show brings us back to an even curve. This company always gives us hope, and it's the hope that kills us because we think we're going to see a decent episode of Raw or a decent storyline or something decent that we can sink our teeth into and ultimately um we end up sitting on our phones and being bored for most of these three hours every monday night we certainly were with this show
1: Serious knee injury at the hands of Rhea Ripley. Has been trying to get cleared here for weeks. Dicing with death approaching Rhea Ripley at the best of times. And Rhea now mocking Raquel Rodriguez. Texas, tough. Raquel has been begging to get her hands on Ripley for weeks and weeks now. And Rhea Ripley once again gaining the upper hand, but Rodriguez battling back. Raquel might be the only physical match for Rhea Ripley in the entire industry, and doesn't Rhea Ripley know about it? Raquel has been begging to get her hands on Rhea power you were talking about way that fall away slam and Ripley will retreat has Rhea Ripley met her match Rhea, no te vas, don't go nowhere if it's not obvious, as of today I have been medically cleared for action It's going to be Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Rodriguez at Payback.
0: So as we've known for a while, the women's title program, the credible title program is going to be Raquel Rodriguez and Rhea Ripley. And credibility is a strong word. And it's important when it comes to Rhea Ripley because she's just blown through two opponents in the women's division over the last two weeks. Two other people, two other Triple H signings that have done absolutely nothing, both former NXT champions, and they're now sitting at the bottom of the women's division. They were destroyed by Rhea Ripley. Candice LeRae was the one who lost this week. And now we have this feud with Rhea Ripley and Raquel Rodriguez to look forward to. And in the commentary, they said she may be the only physical match for Rhea Ripley, Ripley, which makes me feel... Like, we should not get a finish at payback. This needs to probably last a good couple of months before we do get into that Becky Lynch program because she remains the last credible person. And for those people that were saying, oh, where Ripley never defends a title, she's too involved with Judgment Day, she's only made two defences or whatnot. Well, had she made more, we would have run out of opponents already. So the fact that they did make this longer. They did long this out and they'll need to do it even more. So I believe Arako Rodriguez, because I don't believe that Rhea Ripley can get a clean dominant victory at payback. She needs to win with shenanigans or she needs to be disqualified or something to keep it going before we move on to Becky Lynch. And maybe Becky Lynch isn't the WrestleMania program. Maybe we shoehorn um, Rick, Liv Morgan in before Mania, or maybe we get Liv Morgan in for WrestleMania. I don't know Who's more popular at this point? I know Becky Lynch smokes Liv Morgan on merchandise, but she has more. I think Liv Morgan has the popularity to be more popular than than Lynch. And obviously Lynch is somebody that the company have been upset with since she re-signed her contract and got immediately pregnant and missed the pandemic. There was heat for that, which probably explains why she came back as a heel. But with Liv Morgan, there is a story there. She's popular. She's younger. She's on a smaller contract at the moment. So maybe that's somebody they want to push to the WrestleMania um, women's Raw women's main event. But ultimately, I don't know who beats Rhea Ripley other than us getting to another draft and sending people across and us getting the Bianca-Rhea Ripley match on, on Raw after she's beating everybody on, on this year's draft. I don't know who does it. But for this Raquel Rodriguez feud, we probably do need to get another couple of months out of this. I don't think it can be a one-and-done situation at the Payback pay-per-view.
1: When you step into the cage with me, you're going to see a side of me that you've never seen before. And if I were you, Lynch, I would be scared. I would be very scared because you know what? You're not going to survive this one. Oh, I'm so scared. Were you saying
0: something about Zoe earlier?
1: Trish, in two weeks, it's going to be you and me locked in a steel cage. But next week, Zoe, it's going to be just the opposite. Because it's going to be you and me in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Welcome to the big time. Next week on Monday Night Raw, Memphis, Tennessee.
0: Yeah, the match I thought was happening on this episode of RAW is now on payback. Maybe it was always on payback and I just wasn't paying attention, but I swear it was supposed to be this week. Tweet us at Dirty Sheets X if you thought that match was happening this week. It's very confusing. But now we're going to get Zoe Stark and Becky again next week. It's Fool's count anywhere. I don't know if this is going to be Becky just running through Zoe so she can't be involved in a cage match and then getting the win over Trish and building her towards Rhea Ripley or whether you give Zoe a win because it's falls count anywhere and Trish can interfere somewhere in that building adding more fuel to the fire for their match at the pay-per-view and then Becky wins that and then Zoe can go on and do something else separate from Becky whilst having two wins over Becky in her locker but I don't think it matters regardless anyway these women all trade wins against each other it doesn't mean anything at the end of the day Rhea Ripley is the main project. And I imagine Becky will be credible enough by the time she comes up against her. Shayna Baszler is the X Factor at the moment. We saw a very good video. I haven't really praised too much on this episode of Raw, but I thought the Shayna Baszler video was very, very good, showing her injuring people using that little bit of production magic to show the X ray of the X ray vision of people getting injured, having their bones broken. I thought that was good. And that does make me feel like she's in line for a decent push. But then again, we've thought that every single week when Carrie and Cross got a new video package on SmackDown and that guy never, ever wins a match. So that's really all I want to talk about this week on the Raw review. As I said... Moving forward, these extra shows will be behind the paywall. Hopefully you can support the show for just $6 or $10 a month. And I'll be back with Cav on Friday. Until then, this has been your Raw Review and thanks for listening.